Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello and uh, welcome to this segment on CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter and look for this show as hashtag Succession and hashtag CIO. Today's topic is, is CIO succession planning still relevant? And the guest for today's show is Joe Topinka, who is a CIO for SnapAV and also the author of the book Business IT Partnership. Hi, Joe. How are you? Good morning, and thank you very much for having me on the show. Oh, pleasure is all ours. So the reason we uh, you know, thought of doing this show on this topic, which is CIO succession planning, because we see that, yes, this is nothing new. So we are uh, involved in succession planning whenever we know we have done what we had to do there, and uh, we have other priorities or we have other you know, uh, avenues to explore, we would look for a successor. All of that said... It has changed. The, the environment has changed. The customer demands have changed. The CIO role has changed. How, where, how and where the CIO is groomed is, is changed. So with all of that said, how does it impact the succession planning? So that said, um, so Joe, the first question is, if you are to look at all that has changed and you look at how succession planning was done, would you think it's time for a makeover? You know, it's a great question, and I would say that, generally speaking, um, the CIO role, CIO role has changed dramatically over the last, say, 10 years or so, especially uh, over the last several years with cloud, social, mobile, big data, the Internet of Things. And I think um, now more than ever, uh, businesses that are progressive see the CIO role and IT in general as powering the business. And so the, the reflexive approach that we've taken in the past, um, you know, really focused more on IT as an operator, as an operator, IT as a cost center. Um, and so that's an old school um, perception that we've been battling. And I, I do think that the role uh, has changed and so should succession planning. I think uh, we need to start thinking about how to cultivate talent earlier on and uh, and in specific, I think we need to look for what I call the bilingual IT professional, the person who understands business and strategy and then understands how to marry technology to that. So I think that's a broad uh, overview of, of my perspective around uh, succession planning. And um, so when you have seen the way you say that, you know, the, the role has changed dramatically, do you think that is in a way also... Um, telling the the apprentice or, or the people who are in the making CIO wannabes the same message and perhaps they're already morphing or tweaking their approach to how they would want to become CIO so the job is becoming easier or they're still living in the past or they are clueless and now you suddenly, you know, uh, you tell them that, hey, we have to fundamentally change how you were to be groomed versus now. I think we do need to change how we're groomed. And I think, you know, I, I talk about um, an IT transformation trifecta. I've written about this. And I, the way I describe that is when you think about IT and, and transformation, it comes in three flavors. The first of which is starting with the CIO or the leader of the technology group, you have to start thinking about um, IT as a business unit. Um, and you have to think about how um, the portfolio the projects of projects that IT undertakes, how do they drive strategy? And do you measure the outcome, business outcomes? So you have to get your mind straight around that first, that you are a business leader, um, number one, and you, your skill is to take your knowledge of business and marry it to the capabilities that technology affords. Secondly, the second leg of that stool is you've got to get your uh, IT organization to think the same way because they're interacting with internal departments and um, colleagues from around the firm. And so you've got to sort of incorporate that thinking and integrate that thinking into your own teams. And then thirdly, and this is probably the most difficult um, leg of the stool in my opinion is you've got to get the C-suite, your executive teams, to start thinking about IT differently. They've got to look at IT as a business unit, and they've got to stop reflexively thinking of IT as a cost center. And um, once those things happen, then it kind of paves the way for a different way to look at succession planning. And I think related to that um, is this 
uh, reality that we're faced with, with so many CIOs, um, uh, you know, about to retire, a lot of boomers like myself who over the next five years are planning uh, a migration. And I think the time is probably uh, more critical now than ever before that we start to think about it. And I, I think that I saw one set of numbers from uh, an industry segment in the higher education space where the number of CIOs over 50 years of age grew from um, around 59% to north of 65% with almost 25% of those CIOs 61 years of age and older. So that wave is coming and organizations um, as they think about technology powering their business like never before, really need to be proactive about finding that next leader. See, the the way you looked at succession is that somebody is at the, you know, uh, in the role of a CIO have paid their dues or they continue to be at a given organization. And succession planning is only done when they believe that they are going to either retire. Now, that's one flavor. But then another one is where we see uh, CIO's tenure being four-year or, or, or less in some cases. It's not that they did not do their job, but they went in, they cleaned up, and they moved on. And in that case, you got a very short window by which, within which this individual will come in. So does the CIO, it, it, is it the responsibility of the CIO to take this thing on that I'm coming in for four years and I'm going to walk away? Or the organization should huddle in the troops and say, this person is coming in, and he has a track record uh, that he'd, he'd be getting the job done. That's a great news, but then we'll be left high and dry. How, how, how are you looking at the ecosystem of succession planning being supported as a, as a fluid process versus somebody does it well, other person doesn't do it well? Uh, great question. I'd say that, um, you know, it's probably a little bit of all of those. I think the biggest challenge that I've faced and that I see in the marketplace is that the C-suite still has um, an old school perception of IT and as IT leaders, we're beginning to make the right moves and we're beginning to talk about business outcomes with respect to IT, but it's not the norm. Um, and so I think we, we live in a world where we've got um, a fairly heavy dose of confirmation bias, both within IT and the CIO and with the C-suite. We, we look for people and we look for ideas that confirm our, our beliefs. And so we tend to dismiss and not remember those things that don't match up. And so it's the same way with IT. Um, but the C-suite continues to think of IT as a cost center and they don't think of it as a strategic enabler, then that's a big problem. Um, I know that boards of directors have had um, uh, the opportunity to kind of weigh in on this, but it's always come from a risk perspective. They are always looking at the IT organization and, and looking at security and risk behaviors and what, what role does the CIO play? And so many boards have done that. Um, I, I think I saw some research recently. It might have been um, uh, on Accenture, uh, Accenture white paper that talked about um, only 20% of uh, organizations actually do formal uh, career succession planning. And that, that's got to change, especially with the number of CIOs that are um, you know, looking at retirement here over the next five years or so. So I think it's it's um, you know a, a healthy um, you know, perspective to say that the CIO and the C-suite really have to come together um, because uh, IT really does drive business value like never before. Um, it, you know, systems of engagement now are are critically important to companies in this new world where social media defines how companies go to market. And, you know, if, if, if you find an IT leader that understands that, how to capture that power through great user experiences or, or even, you know, making supply chains efficient so that customers, when they receive the products and services, um, you know, get them the way they're supposed to and have the you know, right information along the way so they can track, you know, where that solution is in, in the, or the package is in, in, on its journey from distribution to, to their home. So I, I think it's, it's uh, critically important that both the IT leadership and the C-suite uh, really rethink how they look at succession planning. So you are actually uh, identified two camps. One is that uh, an organization where IT is still seen as a cost and the CIO is a tired warrior, or it's totally dependent on the CIO as an individual to prove the value of IT. And based on that performance, they would start looking at it at least temporarily 
as a, a pseudo cost center or not a cost center, maybe more tilted towards a profit center, and then the organization is going to invest in uh, in succession planning. And the other one is where the the there has been a change of heart. CIO is not looked at as a cost center, or IT is not looked at as, as a cost center. And then succession planning would have a little more proactive approach. So if we were to compare and contrast how succession planning can be led regardless of where they stand with their mindset because there's a change in the business environment. What would that look like? But before you go into it, let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back and dive into this question. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network.com. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjog Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Whether IT is seen as a cost center or a profit center, and how does the executive management treat the CIO or the potential of them getting a successor? Can you please compare and contrast, Joe, on how specific strategies would be useful in your view or have been used in in these both camps yeah i think um in the in the camp where business leaders see it more strategically they they've already reached this this level of business and technology convergence in more li- in all likelihood and this is an, an an area where the c suite already thinks um together with the, the it leadership so strategy and um, and IT are not um, oxymorons. They actually see the value of looking at IT proactively, and they um, act together. So they make sure that there's a process in place whereby any new investment ideas that come up, there's a there's a a way to evaluate those ideas, and then they they achieve together. So thinking, acting, and achieving together are kind of a byproduct of those proactive organizations. And in those organizations. The uh, C-suite already has a predisposition to understanding that the CIO role is critically important. And I would bet in, in the organizations, and I can tell you the ones that I've been in where that's been true, they, they, the C-suite and human resources teams um, have a, play, a process in place for su- succession planning. They're looking at um, you know, people's potential and performance who can possibly take that role and, you know, how many years out is that individual, um, you know, where is the CIO and their evolution and are they, you know, moving on in, in some period of time. So they, they probably have a process in place where they're funneling resources through. So it's a lot more, I think, uh, proactive and it's easier uh, to make that sort of succession planning um, happen. I would say also that CIOs in those companies are less fearful of actually putting a succession plan in place. So if you contrast that to the IT as a cost center scenario, a lot of CIOs who, who are in those roles who are living with that day-to-day cost pressures and you know IT as a drain on, on profits mentality um, are fearful oftentimes of putting together a succession plan because they don't really want to um, take the risk of having someone shine and potentially take their role. So there's a, a fear factor there. And I think in those cases, what the CIO has to do is step back for a moment and think about the bigger picture. Think about what's best for the company, really, because you want more people inside the organization to think bilingually. You want to think about business and technology and, 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 and how to leverage those. How do you bring those two things together to really help drive the strategy of the company? And so it, it really comes down to, you know, focusing on, you know, as a CIO, um, letting go of your fears and, and really helping to show the organization that um, IT is a value-added um, aspect of the company that actually focuses on top and bottom line uh, value. And, and I think that uh, getting over the fear aspect of it is, is crucial. And when I think CIOs do that and they kind of let go, 
I think C-suite executives began to see that CIO a little differently. They began to, to think, well, there, there really um, is um, a succession plan here, and, there, and the more people in IT that can think like business uh, people do, uh, the better off the whole company is. And so I think, um, I think that that's a, a challenge, um, and I think that confirmation bias I spoke about earlier and fear are really the inhibitors in, in that in that process. But the, the reality is it's inevitable CIOs are going to come and go um, and more and more are retiring. So I think the more that CIOs can explain the critical importance of, of lifting the whole IT organization up and actually moving it more towards a, a business-driven uh, entity, and I, I like to call my IT organizations and the companies where I work, I call them business technologies instead of IT to kind of help underscore this whole theme that I'm, I'm referring to. But it is much more challenging in the IT as a cost center model because um, you've got that, uh, you know, IT as a, uh, a drain on, on profits mentality at the C-suite, and the CIOs in those organizations have not done enough to really bridge the chasm there. So while this discussion is about actually um, improving the CIO succession planning process, it looks like that there is actually a camp where we have to do a sell job in the first place of that they should even invest in CIO succession planning and as an organization and not be dependent on the person who anyways is not able to prove their mettle as someone who is leading the charge and helping IT be not seen as a cost center. That's right. Um, that, that's that's just the fundamental issue, and I, I think in, in those organizations in particular, and I think that um, I, those CIOs that don't figure it out um, will probably be, um, you know, looking for a new job ultimately anyway. Um, this is a this is a big tsunami wave that's going to hit every company, and it's going to land on every shore. And the sooner I think we as an industry um, recognize um, the value in cultivating teams, the other aspect of this is that the, the number of IT positions that are uh, going to become open is um, astronomical. I think the Bureau of Labor Statistics says there's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 31 million open positions by you know, the year 2020, just as a result of baby boomers leaving the workforce. And you know the numbers um, respect, with respect to women are are, are you know they represent more than half the workforce, but yet you know less than five percent of them are CIOs, and only thirty percent um, of the workforce um, are women in, in, in IT as a profession. And so I, I, this is a this is just a, a numbers game. We've and we've you know I think companies if they step back and look at it will realize. Um, this is something that has to be done in order for them to stay competitive and to leverage technology in the way that it needs to be leveraged in order to drive the company forward. So uh, if, if we are saying that this is not happening today, and again, as a solution, you're suggesting that we as an industry means the CIO troop has to kind of lead the charge, then, then we are going to be stuck. What can we do for the organizations to understand that this role is strategic, whether or not an individual CIO has performed? It's a great question. I, I, I speak a lot to CIOs about this very topic, and uh, oftentimes CIOs struggle uh, to, to really um, crack that nut. And the simple way that I like to do it is to, you know, Look at the the top line, bottom line, or a value of of what IT is actually bringing to the table. And a way to do that is to take a look at the active project portfolio and map that project portfolio to the strategic enablers that the company has outlined in terms of its strategy. And frankly, if you can find projects in that list that don't really measure up, you know, I would suggest that maybe you, you, those are candidates to be, you know, paused or removed from the list. And those projects that do fit, you know, identify ways where you can measure business outcomes on those projects. And once you have that sort of analysis done, invite your C-suite executives to come and learn about um, how you, the portfolio is really driving the company strategy. I mean, the, the, the thing about C-suite execs is they don't like the cost aspects of, of IT, but if you can take that portfolio of projects and, and help them see how those investments are translating into top or bottom line value, then they'll look at IT a little differently. 
Um, and if you can get them to come to a meeting, let's say once a month or once every other month, where you look at the active portfolio and you talk about how you're driving top or bottom line, it changes the dynamics of the conversation. There's nothing magic about it. It's like uh, uh, for weight loss, you know, the magic answer is um, eat less and exercise. It's the same way with IT. You've got to look at the actual work you're undertaking as a CIO and make sure that it actually is driving value in some way, shape, or form. And then share that with the executive team on a very regular basis. Invite them in. One of the things about that is, as a CIO, if you um, suggest to a C-suite exec that they should come to a meeting once a month for an hour to talk about IT, they're, you know, in all likelihood, their eyes will roll back in their head and they'll, their shoulders will slump and they'll, they'll do anything they can to not have that meeting with IT. But if you reorient their thinking to talk about um, the investment portfolio that IT has undertaken and you can articulate the top or bottom line value in that conversation and have an honest conversation about where that project really is in its life cycle, good, bad, and ugly, they'll start to think about IT differently. And bottom line is, uh, IT is just like every other business unit. We have uh, you know, goals and mes- metrics that can be measured and um, we can be held accountable for. And so I think this is just one way where you can, as a CIO, begin to, to show the executive team um, how IT it really is a part of the business. Uh, you so, know, one other thing I would add to that is, you know, um, if you as an as a CIO haven't spent any time in the field of external customers, and I, this is something I, I I really harp on with with the, the the CIOs that I coach, you've really you're missing out on a massive opportunity to really see customers firsthand. You're you're able to see. Um, how customers engage with your products and services with your own eyes and own ears. And when you do that, you're going to find pain points. And as you're having conversations with your executive teams, you can describe those pain points that you've observed firsthand and then map solutions, technology solutions, back to to help overcome those problems. That's a very powerful conversation that you can have with your CEO um, and uh, and there's nothing like it. So I think we miss those. So those IT as a cost center uh, organizations, if they'd spend time on the portfolio, if they'd spend time with external customers, they'd have a significantly um, improved opportunity to really game change the way that the C-suite looks at the role, and then they'll, they'll naturally morph into, hey, if you're retiring in three years, let's let's start cultivating that next person. So I think there's a cascading effect there. No, that's a great response. So, so if you look at uh, the the tenure, as you said, like if I'm going to retire, so is is this supposed to be a trigger? Uh, you know, is this succession planning be triggered through the CIO first, or the organization watches for signals and starts proactively introduce this concept? Because we are again leaving the the quality of how IT will deliver solely in the hand of a CIO when it comes to a succession planning, whether the, the, the C-suite understands the value of IT or not, but there is no sign as such which says the organization is taking or keeping the control in its hand versus giving it to the CIO. Well, a great question. I think, um, you know, I think it's really the organization's responsibility. You know, leaders need to think about these things on a regular basis, and most companies in the last five or six years that I've been involved with have actually incorporated, um, I'll say, somewhat formal succession planning. So not just within IT, but also around the organization. So I think this is just another business practice that extends to CIO because IT, after all, in my opinion, is a business unit. And so I think it should just become a natural part of what leaders do. Um, and, um, you know, so human resources needs to get plugged in and the C-suite needs to get plugged in. And I would... I would argue that there ought to be uh, at least a conversation once a year, uh, maybe twice a year, with the executive team about critical roles. And the CIO role would be one of those. There might be two or three others within the IT organization. Like perhaps there's a leader of the business relationship management team or there's um, you know, a, a risk group or security group and there are critical roles. And maybe you want to have, have that conversation on a regular basis. And if you find gaps... Um, you know, where you don't have succession opportunities with candidates, you, you really need to have 
either uh, a sourcing plan to fill those gaps or a training program to really up the performance of, of uh, people who have potential and, um, and who have performed well in the past. So I, I, think, I think it's really incumbent on the company to, to embrace this idea of succession planning um, holistically. And if it's not happening, I think CIOs should take it under their own um, impetus to really build a program um, across the across the IT organization, looking at the key functions within IT, not just the CIO role, and doing that succession planning all across the board. So I'd like to introduce an idea where, you know, even the president of the United States gets maximum of two terms, which is total of eight years. And within that, they have to deliver what they can best deliver and not sit on their laurels forever. Right. So if the CIO succession planning is uh, seen more as when somebody is retiring versus as someone getting a limited amount of time and which is not limited, it's like eight years if that's what it has to be. And how about letting the CIO showing their mettle and proving the most value and then pave the way for the next generation of leader or next leader who will bring fresh ideas and, and be able to take the organization to yet another level? versus complacency setting in, and which has also been seen as a byproduct of somebody who is a tenured CIO in an organization without generalizing it. So let's explore this thought. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjog Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So here what we are talking about is allowing... Uh, the, the president of the United States for two terms, what we allow the CIO to be there forever. And if we have that type of an open uh, tenure available, then, of course, complacency could sit in and also we lose control on when the succession planning should start. How long before that those four? So, how would you address that? That's a really interesting concept. Uh, you know, for me, I, I would say that, um, you know, five to seven years is, is a good run at a company. Um, and I've, I've tended to stay in my CIO role in that same range. Uh, and for me personally, I like the challenge of moving on and, and getting some fresh ideas and, and uh, different industries. And I've, I've been fortunate in my career to be able to find opportunities like that. I think success, I think term limits um, probably ought to be a concept that we apply to all executive functions, not just the CIO role. But I think at the end of the day, if, 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 I, if CIOs are delivering value and they can express it in top and bottom line terms, um, you know, it's, it's quite conceivable that you'll have a CIO that, can do that on a sustainable basis, um, and uh, you know I think it's it's um, the the reality that companies do change and morph over time. And um, I was reading a book recently called um, "Your Strategy Needs a Strategy," and um, the the way companies go to market in that book it talked about, uh, for example, a, a company that might be visionary and the tactics it uses to get to market first and to have a model that is unique and different. Um, is probably not a sustainable model over time because it can be copied. Um, and then maybe you need to become more adaptive where you, you, know, you have to try to throw things at a wall and see what sticks in the marketplace. So I think you know, those sort of dynamics, the things that really drive a company, almost shape um, the type of CIO you need and, and actually the type of leaders you need depending on where you are in your company life cycle. And um, I think it's a healthy thing to look at. And I, I think, you know, a lot, I think, the average tenure of a CIO from the various research you see is somewhere in the five to seven year range right now. And, and, and um, I, I, you know, not that I wouldn't 
necessarily impose term limits because you know you'd need to do that for the entire C-suite. Um, but I think it's a healthy way to kind of look at your own career and, and ask yourself, do you still have uh, the energy and the juice to really do the job? And, and for me, it's, it's, um, I can't speak for all other CIOs, but for me, I think it's, it's healthy um, to take a look at different scenarios. And um, I, I've, I've brought um, um, a new um, set of energy to the company that I'm working at now, and uh, I've had a blast uh, doing it. And every time you do it, you learn something new and you bring new value um, to the organizations you work for. Now, this is an interesting trend where the CIOs that we see today are being brought in from business. And we as a CIO, of course, some of some of us have the background in business, and that's how we started the career. But many of us have, you know, the background in technology. How would you think uh, a CIO succession planning be done? Yes, if it was left to organization, they would perhaps look at a combination of whether somebody has IT and or business. But when you look at a CIO who has come from technology background, what would they do or what should they be doing to widen their lens and let go of that love of technology and say, okay, I'm going to get someone who is not the same as I was? and who'd be bringing the business side as well and will be a better CIO than me. I think one of the chief things you can do as an IT professional is to really learn more about the business. And if I look at my own journey, um, I started out as a software engineer, and I'm, I'm in my early 60s now. And I can, I'm sure you can tell by my voice I'm, I'm much more youthful than that. But uh, I, I think um, as a software engineer, you know, your, your focus on um, what you do as a technology professional is a lot different as you move through the ranks. And I was incredibly fortunate um, in my past life where I worked for a, a financial services software company that built, uh, built solutions for what we now call a cloud environment. Um, I, I, they put us through some training um, and they, all t- they taught us how to think like product managers. Um, we all got you know, training from the Product Development Management Association, for example. And, and there, as a CIO, it taught me about markets and competitive uh, sustainability and pricing and you know, feature sets and, and the competition and all those things that you don't naturally think about as a technologist. And I think to answer the question, I think we as CIOs need to be thinking more like that. And uh, I'm, I'm working closely with our product development teams here at Snap AV where um, we're putting together a category management training program, and I've actually um, been asked to frame up that conversation. So we're, we're t- teaching our category managers about um, how to manage their products in the marketplace um, and how to do demand planning and how to do forecasting and all those sort of things. Uh, while I'm not an expert in all those domains, I, I can certainly structure the program around that. And I think it's my experience um, uh, leading product, software products for commercial purchase that really led to that, uh, that product management mindset where you really need to understand the market and, um, and where your company fits. So I, I think that's where CIOs and all of IT really need to start spending more time understanding the mechanics of the company, do you understand you know, capitalization, depreciation, cost of goods sold, do you know how to construct a business case if you need to? Those are things that we've, we've got to get better at uh, as an industry. And then finding ways to make sure that you know, if we're taking a project on, that it, it's got the top and bottom line value that'll help actually move the company forward. So that's what I think a, a technology-oriented CIO um, or a technology-oriented team needs to really adopt uh, and to think about. And that has to be done uh, thoughtfully and proactively, and it shouldn't happen by happenstance. There should be a training put in place. It's like you know, professional athletes um, don't just show up on the basketball court, for example, in the NBA and just become a great player. You've got to practice it every day. And so it's funny it, throughout my career, um, so very few organizations actually work at actually trying to get the, the people who are in these leadership roles the right training. We just throw them into the roles and hope for the best. And I think um, that's an area where I think we, um, as we do succession planning, the training aspects of it are becoming, I think, acutely more important. If you are to look at uh, a person or, or a number of candidates for succession planning, they could come from uh, IT. So 
does that mean that everyone who you have, who you would even consider have to have the, have to be one of your deputies? Or if you do not have the right level of quality that you uh, have in your, you know, that cabinet, the CIO cabinet, which is your lieutenants, could you go a level below to see if this person is the one who I would train over a period of time to eventually bring up? Or you would look outside in business to bring someone. And how does that impact um how how secretly do you have to do it in order for you to not have the impact on the lieutenants who otherwise you're having them having work for you for specific projects and getting them to do the job and they know perhaps they are not the candidates you know i think a, a, a part of leadership uh, means that you you're you're nurturing and you're taking your teams forward and that every individual in your organization should really understand and know where they stand and if if you make it a secret, then the IT organization, um, you know, you might find them in a position where they don't trust you as a leader. Uh, when you make those sorts of moves um, and they come as a surprise, it it, it puts um, the, the 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 candidates that would potentially take a position on their heels. Um, and I, I think it's much better to be open and proactive about it. And it's it's it can do it by just talking about the characteristics and strengths you need in order to take on the role. And in my own case, when I've left companies, uh, most recently when I left um, a company that I was working at for a number of years, there really wasn't um, a natural uh, candidate internally that would would have taken the role. I mean, there were some people that were moving in the right direction, but um, I decided to leave the firm. and I gave them a month's notice, and I, as part of my... Um, my departure, I told them that I would help them source uh, local talent uh, to see who might uh, best uh, fit the position, and that's what I did. I ended up finding 10 candidates. They ended up selecting one of those 10, and I think they're quite happy with it. So in that case, I I was doing succession planning, but the time horizon for um, the candidates to take on the role that I was vacating, I weren't quite ready, and, and that's a case where going outside makes some sense. You also asked a question about if you bring somebody in from a non-IT um, function, could they could they perform that role and do it well? And I, I think the answer is yes, you could. Um, but I, I think um, uh, I have a natural bias that you really need to have both the technology and business skills more heavily weighted on the business skills, of course. Um, but I think having that bilingual foundation is really um, uh, critical so that you can understand and know how to how to leverage. But not that you need to know how to build a Node application or write JavaScript or, or know what Angular 2.0 is, but you, you do need to understand what those technologies can actually bring to the table and how they might be leveraged organizationally. And if you don't have any exposure to it as a CIO, you'll be missing that aspect of your of your thinking. So at the time when you're trying to do the succession planning, is that when you would say, okay, this is a person from business who shows all the good traits who I would like to bring in plus is bilingual or can become bilingual and you start teaching them the language of technology versus throwing them in the pool without floaters on day one? Yeah, I, you know, I think when you find a candidate like that, and I've got a good example here in our organization today, um, I let them practice. Um, I give them some opportunities to present uh, various projects or, or challenges to the executive team. Um, sometimes they're not fun challenges, but you know what? As a CIO, you don't often get a chance to work on fun things. And so when you when you take a candidate who's on that succession track and you let them practice, they'll, they'll cut their teeth and you'll see how they perform and you can coach and, and nurture them along the way. And so that's been a, a big a big plus um, for me as I've tried to do the succession planning uh, uh, throughout the organizations that I've worked with. And sometimes giving them the hard stuff, you know, the drudgery, um, helps them to understand that, you know, being a CIO, while it seems glamorous to those outside the role, it's a very pressure-packed job, and you've got to deliver every day. And you know, you can you can walk into a conference room, for example, and and you know, if the projector doesn't come on when you push the button, everyone in the room looks at the CIO, even though you know I might not even be <laughs> familiar with the technology in the room, but that's just the natural thing. So I think letting them practice um, presenting concepts and ideas and business cases is good. I also think it's important that you take those up and coming candidates and let them interact and practice, um, you know, uh, focusing on the relationships within the company and, um, you know, and, 
and if there is a decision to be made, ask them to articulate, for example, how would you make this decision? What decision would you make? And if you're presenting it, how would you deal with the myriad of questions you're going to get asked? So I think once you put a candidate in a role like that, you'll see whether or not they've got the goods or they need a little bit more nurturing or training along the way. Think about succession planning circa 2005 or maybe year 2000 when the disruption and transformation started happening. Whatever you just mentioned about the things you would do, whether from picking up someone from business or from IT, and you'll take the steps. Perhaps many of those steps would have been common. Now, when we are talking about the, the pace at which the business is moving, even you would sometimes not know, what am I supposed to train this person for or coach this person for in order for them to be relevant for the business tomorrow? What are you supposed to do as a CIO, as a leader, to to find out someone who's a successor and start the grooming process. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjog Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, when, uh, so, so uh, Joe, you got my question in terms of how succession planning was done earlier versus now, given the pace we are working at. And secondly, the uncertainty, the, the, the shifts, the disruptions that we are seeing. Do you really know yourself as the one who's coach to, to uh, be able to do something meaningful for this individual for them to become relevant it's not about just doing same old same old it's about doing it with a purpose yeah you know um i would if i think back um 10 or 11 years you know i think it was um you know if that's pre-iphone you know facebook might have been around i don't remember the exact dates but um, IT was still thought of more as um, an operating business unit or an operating unit within the company. And it wasn't as natural to think about, in my opinion, about IT as a, a business unit. And we certainly weren't involved in strategic planning uh, 10 or 11 years ago. And so I think what's changed now is um, I think there is an acknowledgement that, you know, the age of the customer, the mobile mind shift and cloud computing and big data and all those things are, are culminating and coming together in a way that um, is is changing the way companies go to market. And and so I think, you know, the succession planning that we do now has to take into account um, people's um, skill set and strengths. I think understanding, um, um, you know, connectedness is one of the cool strengths that I like to look at as a CIO and as a as you look for business relationship managers. These are folks that are able to see events and circumstances that others don't see. So be able to look around those corners and you know zoom out and then zoom in and try to find solutions. And and I think those skills you wouldn't have probably talked about at all ten or eleven years ago. Now you you need to. And I think design skills and customer engagement skills are, are you know, fast emerging as core uh, to IT organizations. I always like to say that you know, no group can change or shape customer engagement like IT can uh, with um, the, you know, the, the mobile apps they build and the, the commerce sites that they build. Those are, those are things that touch customers you know, very, very uh, personally. Uh, personally. And, and I think that you know, and you can contrast that to um, a focus group that marketing might hold, um, you don't get the same level of um, power, uh, the same level of engagement. So I think you, you've got to start thinking about how to shift your uh, succession planning to take into account those new business skills, design skills, customer engagement skills, as well as just the you know, the core understanding the mechanics of um, how the business makes money. 
You know, one of the best way to produce a product is to get the customer involved and have them shape it as it is developed so they are an automatic uh, consumer of the same. Taking that thought and applying it to succession planning. So what if, as part of you given the opportunity to find a successor, you involve actively uh, the board and the CEO and other people who eventually are supposed to accept your product that you're shaping up? How much of that is even possible? That's a great idea. You know, kind of treat um, succession planning as a product. And if you were building a website, you'd do paper prototypes. You'd do, you know, uh, you know, maybe some uh, usability testing on it. You, you could certainly do that with um, the succession planning process internally. And, and maybe in the context of that is you're giving candidates within your team um, an opportunity to try bringing a business case forward, you know, you position the executive team, for example, if they're going to present to the exec team and make that case for an investment, let them know that this is a test and this is a trial and, you know, you need to help nurture this person through this. It's their first time. So that might be a way to kind of pilot or prototype or, 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 you know, go along the lines that you described where you're kind of testing it or testing the model along the way. I think it's a great idea. And uh, if you are to do that, would you think there would be a way to just because you only mentioned that you're telling them about the test. But if you were to invite them to say, okay, we are essentially inviting you to help shape what that succession planning process looks like so that when we produce the product, it's like helping them um, be invited to design the assembly line from which this product will be uh, developed. Yeah, I think it's 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 really you know another way of saying that I think is get their requirements, make help them articulate what it is they're looking for in that function in that role, and and verbalize it, and then look for the attributes, the you know skill sets that that the candidate would need in order to you know make that happen successfully. So uh, a great idea to get the executive team to you know become more engaged in helping to shape what it is that is success in their minds. Um, that's, that's a great way to get them to start thinking about the IT function um, you know, in a different way versus just looking at how much did, did IT cost. You know, this, this, this approach could really give them an opportunity to really you know, weigh in on what skills and business outcomes might I need to look for and, and what kind of a leader will I need in order to make that happen. So I think it's a great idea, and I, I think that's something we should incorporate into our succession planning process. Now, while we speak about ideas, how about looking at the risks and pitfalls in this process, which would either render your effort uh, ineffective and will not be appreciated, and in fact, that could lead the CEO and the board to identify another CIO outside, totally ignoring what your efforts may have gone into succession planning, because it is indeed taking some time from your very busy schedule as a CIO. Yeah, I think um, probably the the thing that springs to mind as I process this question is that um, a lot of CIOs that I talk to are fearful of actually taking uh, the initiative to actually think through a succession plan because they're fear of losing their job, they're comfortable, this confirmation bias I spoke about earlier. Um, uh, And I I think that organizations um, that, you know, uh, fuel that fear um, are, are really doing themselves a disservice. So I think um, you know CIOs have to kind of be brave about it. Uh, I think you have to get over your fear and you have to really think about the big picture because um, at the end of the day, you're going to make the company stronger um, and reduce risk if if you take this question on um, proactively with the board and with your executive team and with your IT team as well. So I think having an honest conversation about the skill sets that you're looking for and you know measuring candidates against those skill sets is, is the right way to do it. And the last question I would have for you is if you are to coach a successor who's going to be relevant to the organization, the coach should be at least uh, be aware enough. The person should be uh, living what they want the other person to live or maybe have that improvisation skill. So so as a coach, you should be better than the person who you're coaching. 
what do you need to acquire as a skills and set of skills and competencies before you say, okay, I'm worthy of identifying a successor? Not just because you have a CIO title, but that particular title is in this environment, which may change tomorrow. To me, it's um, it kind of wraps around an idea of uh, personal accountability, and I think you, as a leader, if you have personal accountability, and you're more likely to have, you know, great self awareness. Um, you're going to assume positive intent, uh, and you're going to you're going to be a person who doesn't indulge in storytelling. And you're going to be a facts before stories type of person. Um, and uh, you're, you're going to support issues, that, especially when decisions are made about them, not debate them. And you're going you're gonna to be that sort of a leader. And I think when you adopt that sort of mindset, that framework, um, that, that way of thinking, um, it, it actually opens up so many doors. And I, I can tell you in my career, when I started to think differently about those things, and I started to be more open and honest about my own performance, then I, I, could, uh, I could talk about them with the, the mentors and coaches that I had in my leader, my leadership. And I could say, this is what I think I need to do. I need, I need an expert in this area to shore this, 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 this function up. Um, so I think it really comes down to, you know, getting that personal accountability framework adopted as a, as a way of um, conducting business um, for yourself first. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, Joe, for sharing your thoughts on how organizations can team up with the current CIO and how the current CIO develop the required competencies and an effective process for succession planning. So the candidate who eventually is chosen is more relevant for the organization as it will be in the future when they assume the role. Thank you so much, Joe. And listeners, please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Network, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CIO Talk Network. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.